This morning, we've, uh, as we go through our journey of, through Joshua, we come to the seventh chapter. And so as you are turning uh, your pages, or if you have Bible apps, uh, whatever you need to do, click, ping, pong, whatever you do uh, to get to your, uh, the word there, you're going to find yourself in the seventh chapter of Joshua. Last week, we looked at uh, victory. We looked at how walls were tore down. And I trust that, and I've heard that many of you had some walls that got tore down. All praise goes to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, if that took place. Uh, we also uh, had our red rope there, which helps us to understand that... Uh, we can have victory, but the only way we'll have victory is when we are under the blood. It's the blood that has removed our sins. It's the blood that gives us our victory. And then uh, Wednesday night, we had our cowboy hat because it was cowboy and Indian night in Awana, and they came and uh, paraded through. So many of you are wondering, what's he going to pull out today? Nothing. No props today. Because somebody says, what? The, I, I know how. Uh, and I got all, uh, you know, suggest, everybody has an opinion, you know, on things. And they, some of them said, why didn't you kick those walls down? And I said, uh, because I know how much they cost. <laughs> I know I'm not the smartest guy, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be uh, stupid about those things. But uh, I even thought about that. And then I remembered what the cost was, and I thought, okay, Lord, you just go ahead and tear them down. Uh, we have found our way to the seventh chapter of Joshua. If you had to put a title on this morning's message, it would be very simple. An aching, aching heart. Remember back some years ago when it was achy, breaky heart, Billy Ray Cyrus? And as far as I know, that's the only song that he played, I mean... I mean, I've heard the name, but you, I, don't, I just don't know nothing about them. And I'm not saying that because uh, I'm not, uh, you know, trying to put the guy down. But that song, many of you remember, uh, Achy Breaky Heart. Well, today we're going to look at an aching, aching heart. And we have gone in uh, the seventh chapter. We're going to cover the whole seventh chapter. Bear with me now. You're still going to get out on time. But there's two verses in particular that I want us to look at uh, because I think uh, when we read these two verses, and it's going to be verse 12 and 13, we're going to see that's, that's the crust of it all. That, that kind of explains how all this uh, plays out. So uh, we're looking at verse uh, number 12, if I can find it in uh, my Bible. That's right after 11, isn't it? Well, maybe it's not. Verse number 12, listen to what the Word says. Therefore, the children of Israel could not, underline that, they could not stand before their enemies. Now understand, in chapter 6 we saw where they had a, 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 an awesome victory. 
Remember, they, they were blowing the ram's trumpets and they were celebrating and, and the walls came crashing down. And then just a few verses later on, we see of this statement here. It says, they could not stand against the enemies, but they turned their backs before their enemies because they were accursed. Neither will I be. Now, this is God talking. He, he's talking to Joshua, but he's talking to the people as well. He says, and neither will I, God speaking, neither will I be with you. Well, just a few verses. He says, I'm going to be with you just like I was with Moses. What has changed? We're going to see. He says, I will not be with you anymore. I don't know about you. But I think that would be the, one of the most uh, devastating words that I could hear from my Lord and Savior where he says, I'm not going to be with you anymore. Would that not be a tragic uh, uh, conversation with God when God says, I'm not going to be with you anymore? But notice this. He says, I'm not going to be with you anymore except. Oh, that's a good word. Except ye destroy the accursed from among you. We understand what he's talking about. He's talking about sin. Now God is saying this to us this morning, just like he talked to the children of Israel. He says he will not be with us as long as we have sin, unconfessed sin in our lives. He said he's not going to be with us, but he gives us the good news. He says, but you can remedy that. And I'll be with you if you go ahead and take care of that problem that you have hid in your heart. Look at verse number 13. He says, up. Now he's talking to Joshua here. Joshua, uh, he's prayed. Now we're going to see a little bit later on that uh, he prayed. Uh, not, uh, it's always a good time to pray. But the problem with Joshua is that he prayed after the fact when he should have been praying before the battle. Now they're fixing to go into the, uh, the, this town of Ai. Ai was a very, it was smaller than Jericho. And we're going to see that, uh, some problems. That, and one of the problems is we will not see where they prayed before. And so now he's praying because uh, they have suffered a defeat. God uh, talks to Joshua and he says, Up, get up, sanctify the people and say, Sanctify yourselves against tomorrow for this saith the Lord, God of Israel. There is an accursed, there's a problem, there is a sin that has been hidden from me. You can put all of that in the, with that word. There is a problem, there's a sin problem, and it's found in the midst of thee. He's talking to them corporately now. He's saying, here's the reason why I'm not going to stand with you. Here's the why you suffer defeat and you will continue to suffer defeat because you have a sin issue that has been hidden your heart. But wait, wait a minute. Well, I thought that was Achan's problem. Oh, my dear friend, we need to understand this morning when in the body of Christ, when I have unconfessed sin, it affects the whole body. Okay? And so he goes and he says, and there's a problem, and the problem's in the midst of you. O Israel, thou canst not stand before thine enemies until you take away 
the sin, uh, the problem that has been hidden in your heart. Listen, Israel, uh, you need to get that taken care of and you need to get it uh, from amongst you. This morning, we're going to pray by God's grace a sermon entitled, An Aching, Aching Heart. As we have already alluded to, they're on a spiritual high, man. I mean, they walked around and they saw those walls fall. They got their trumpets out. I mean, it's party time. I mean, they're rejoicing and they're praising God. But then they're having to go to a little place called Ai. And you'll notice here a number of things. First of all, you're going to see in just a few verses, they're going from a spiritual high to a very low place in the life of the nation. We also see that they're coming out of victory. Now they have suffered a defeat. We also see a number of things. First of all, this morning we're going to see the reason why they suffered defeat was because they had misplaced confidence. Notice in verse number 3. As they gone and, and, and they are, uh, they first of all they uh, came and they realized that they didn't need. They had the spies, you know the story. They had the spies and the spies came back and this is basically what they said: "Piece of cake, Joshua. No problem. We can take this. Matter of fact, we'll show you how confident we are." We don't need as many as that we had when we went into Jericho. And so the Bible tells us, if you continue reading in chapter 7 of Joshua, you will see that they had uh, anywhere from two to 3,000 men. And so they go in and uh, they're thinking, hey, this is a piece of cake, no problem here. And they go in and the Bible tells us, if you continue reading the early part of chapter 7, you will see that they were defeated. Matter of fact, uh, they were getting whipped so bad that they had to retreat. But in the process of that, uh, we see that 36 of their soldiers were killed. Can you imagine the emotions now? They're just come off a great victory. Some of you are just coming off a great victory. Some of you have said, you know, God broke through and I was able to get over my Jordan. You're praising God and, and we're praising God with you. And some of you said, you know, I had this wall of bitterness. I had this wall of unforgiveness. But that wall came crashing down. And I give praise to, and glory to God. And we're happy for you. And we praise God for you. And we've experienced the victories. But I'm telling you, one of the most dangerous places that you'll find yourself is right after you have a victory be careful we continue to praise God we continue to thank God but here's what happens just like it happened with the children of Israel they had misplaced confidence they didn't place their confidence in a mighty God they didn't place their confidence because of their strong faith they placed their confidence in what they did My dear friend, if you find yourself in that position, you will have a defeat. And so they're going and they have misplaced. Now, notice here, the misplaced. There's four reasons why they had a defeat. First of all, 
You'll never see, you do not see in the seventh chapter, before they went into the battle, you do not see anywhere where they were seeking the will of God. Don't see it in here. And you don't see it already made a, a, a reference to it. You do not see Joshua. Remember, before they went to Jericho, we find Joshua outside the walls and he was on his knees and he was praying. He had that one-on-one encounter with the Lord. And he was praying. And, and, but we don't see this here in chapter 7 as they're going into Ai. So the first thing that we need to understand this morning is that we will suffer a defeat if we do not seek God's will and we're not in prayer about the situation that's before us. The second thing that we see is the Ark of the Covenant did not go with them. Now remember, when they went into Jericho, the priest... And remember, the, uh, the seven priests were going to go uh, and, and the pre- and then the ark and that ark of the covenant. We all understand is where the presence of God was. It's the glory, the glory manifestation of God was present in the ark. Uh, we do not see the ark going into this battle, my dear friend. You'll never have a victory in your life if you do not have the presence of God with you. As you go and face this battle. By the way, we see all through the book of Joshua, there's a series of battles. But we also see that in these series of battles, we see the ingredients, we see the components that we need to be putting into our lives that will assure that we have victory. But we also see as you go through the book of Joshua, the ingredients that you have to have if you're going to suffer defeat. And those ingredients says you're not seeking God's will. You think you have a plan. You think because you've had a victory uh, in your past that you can go ahead and you just kind of go and walk through the motions. You, you do not have the presence of God working with you. But the third thing that we see because why they suffered defeated Ai is because they did not walk by faith. They just said we can take it. Let's go. Too many of us have done that in our lives. Because of our impatience. We talked about that in Sunday school a little bit. We're impatient people. We don't like waiting for anything. And some of us have a problem waiting on the Lord. Could it be that they sought God's will in this battle uh, and they uh, had Joshua praying for them like he did in Jericho? I think and I know that there would be a different in, uh, outcome in the town of Ai. But they didn't say that they were impatient. See, I mean, they, they crossed now. See, they crossed over Jordan. Whoo, man, they're praising God. I mean, this, this was a, a manifestation. I mean, they saw the waters parted. For 20 miles, the waters went back and they crossed over. Man, they're shouting. Now they come to Jericho. They're praying. They're seeking God. And they're praying and saying, God, would you show us? And then he gives them the instruction. Instructions that any military-minded person would say, that's insane. 
But they said, we trust God. We're going to fight this battle by faith. And so they waited on God. Here they get to Ai. What do they do? They have two spies. The spy says, piece of cake. Let's go, boys. Nobody said, well, don't you think we ought to pray about this? No, man. Look what God's already done for us. And so they walk right into it and they suffered a defeat. That's what happened in your life as well. Happened in my life. But then the fourth thing that we see is because of the sin of one man, Achan. Now, before we jump to conclusions and say, well, it's not Achan's fault. He was just one man. May I remind you what the Bible tells us there in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verses 26 through 27. And and in that passage there, it says that we are a body. If you've trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and you've cried upon His wonderful name, and and you've repented and confessed your sins, and you've asked Jesus to come in your heart and to save you, then you are a part of the body. We are a body. We're brothers and sisters. And the Bible tells us because of that body, uh, it's made up of many members. And then he goes on and says that uh, if something happens to one member of the body, it affects the whole body. Now, a simple illustration, I understand. But uh, I am not a carpenter. Uh, Even before I had a good eyesight, I was not a carpenter. And I have a tendency to hit the wrong nail. Those of you know what I'm talking about. Now, you're sitting now I would usually do the thumb. And man, you're whacking like that, and you hit your thumb. Now, I didn't, hurt, I didn't hit anything else on my body, but I hit that thumb. It says, well, that thumb affected my whole body, though. Because this is what happened. I'm hammering away. I hit that wrong nail. Now, it was just my thumb. It was just where it, where it turned purple and all that kind of stuff like that. But this is what happened. When I hit that little member of my body, I started getting Pentecostal and, and I started speaking in tongues. And I started, whoa, yeah, yeah, plum. Praise God. I don't think I said that. Do you get the illustration? It just hit that little thumb, but it affected the whole body. Your sin will affect the whole body. And that's exactly what happened here to the children of Israel. Achan's sin, along with the other things that we've talked about, led to their defeat. We, we see in John chapter 15, verse number 5. In John 15, 5, you're all familiar. It's the, uh, the vineyard discourse there. And John, uh, and John, Jesus said, without Him, we can do nothing. See, we need to understand this morning that we'll never have a victory. Uh, we'll never have a victory unless He's with us. And we will never have a victory until we rely upon His strength, His might, 
and his power to overcome the, the trials and the barriers that we will face in this life. Without Jesus, we can do absolutely nothing. May I remind you this morning, you're here today and you may be lost. But you're experiencing the grace of God. Now, how do you say that? Because He has allowed you to hear another gospel sermon. He's allowed you to get up out of your bed this morning. He allowed you to be able to put your clothes on. He allowed you to be able to walk from your car into this building. He's allowed you to take your next breath. And I want you to understand, if you're lost this morning, you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I don't care how well you think you've done. I don't care if you're a self-made millionaire. I don't care if you can say you pulled yourself up from your own bootstraps. You will never have victory unless the Lord Jesus does something in and through you. Safe person, we can do nothing without the enabling power of the Holy Spirit working in and through us. But we have to prepare ourselves in order for Him to be able to bless us. And how do we do that? Is that when we confess our sins and ask forgiveness of our sins, the Bible says He'll cleanse us. And when we become clean vessels, then that's when God can do something wonderful in our lives. And so, Achan's sin, they had a misplaced confidence they were their confidence uh, was in themselves their confidence is what happened in Jericho now confidence is good you should have some confidence but your confidence is only as good as the one that you have the confidence in and so they had misplaced confidence but look at this. in verses 6 through 9 we see a magnificent discovery in verses 6 through 9, they've suffered defeat. And Joshua now says this would be a good time to pray. It would have been a lot better time before the battle. But he prayed. And he's seeking God. He's crying out to God. And he's asking, basically, he's asking God, God, what went wrong here? God, I don't understand. We, we just had a victory. We, we, we just uh, saw you work in a miraculous way. God, I don't, we don't know what went wrong. And we, of course, we know what went wrong. And the psalmist understood uh, what can go wrong when you suffer defeat. The psalmist in Psalm 66, in verse number 18, he says, and I'm paraphrasing here, he says that if you hide any sin, God will not hear from you. Understand today that if you have unconfessed sin, you have not repented of your sin, you have hid your sin, nobody else knows about it, but you think that you're getting away with it, God knows exactly where your sin is, and God knows that you have not repented of that, and the Bible tells us that if you have unconfessed sin, He's not going to listen. He's not going to hear from you. Why? Because your sin has interrupted that flow. He, you're not broke. Now, if you're saved here this morning, understand what I'm saying here, is that he's not talking about your, uh, your relationship has been severed, but your fellowship has been. 
If you're lost this morning, you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you need to understand He does not hear your prayer because of your sin and God will not inhabit sin. He cannot coexist with, uh, with unholiness because He's a holy God. But this one prayer lost person that He will hear is a prayer, prayer of repentance. He'll hear you then. He'll hear you then. And so today we see that was a misplaced. Now, seven things. I just jotted down very quickly. Seven things uh, concerning sin. First of all, God knows your sin. Young people, you can think you're fooling your mama and daddy all you want to, but God knows what you've done. You can go ahead and be as slick as you want to be. You went and told them the story that you was going to go to the basketball game. You did go to the basketball game, but you failed to tell them that even before the basketball game started, that you jumped in the car of a pile of others and y'all went and did things you shouldn't have done. Now there's a young person saying, how did he know that? <laughs> I don't know that, but God knows. We're coming up on tax season. And I say that with sorrow. <laughs> Because I turned mine in and my CPAs already gave me a couple calls. It ain't looking good. But it's easy to go ahead and not claim some things that, or claim things that you shouldn't claim. It's easy to go ahead and throw a little deduction in there that you really don't have. Oh, they won't never find out. God knows. And so God knows about our sin. But we also understand that God hates our sin. Loves the sinner. Hates the sin. Why does God hate sin so bad? Because He knows what sin will do. But we also see that even though we have sin, God has a plan for that sin. And that plan for your sin is confession. Confession. Just go ahead and confess. I'm guilty as charged. But when you come with a contrite heart and ask for forgiveness, He'll forgive you each and every time. But then we also understand that it will bring hindrance. Could it be that you're not seeing victories won in your life because of your unconfessed sin? Could it be that you're not living your life the way you know you ought to be living and God's not blessing you like you would uh, know that He can bless you? It's because of your sin, and your sin will hinder. It's a hindrance. Now, as we've already said, Achan, his sin not only hindered him, but it, it affected the whole camp. The whole camp. Could it be that we're not experiencing revival because you have an unconfessed sin? Could it be the reason why we're not seeing the manifestation, the glory of the Lord move in this place like we would want Him to move and, and we've seen Him move in past? Is it because of your hidden sin? Could it be that you, brother, you, sister, have hindered because you've not confessed your sin and come clean with the Lord Jesus. But we also see 
eventually that sin will wind up in death. We see it in the life of Achan. And so we see the third thing. We, we've seen the misplaced, the misplaced confidence. We've seen the magnificent discovery. But uh, starting in verse number 20 and going on through, we see the miserable death. In verses 16 through 26, we see God, uh, Joseph says, okay, we, we, we got a problem here. We got to go and find the problem. And so he goes and they start calling them uh, out by tribe. And they're trying to find out because the Lord's told them, he says, I'll tell you what's going on. He says, There's a, there, there is a, an accursed thing in the camp. Now notice, the, the Lord didn't tell Joseph, wouldn't it have made it even easier for Joseph if the Lord says, Hey, Joseph, I'm telling you, here's the problem. Here's why you all suffer defeat. It's because of Achan. But we don't see that. Why is that? Could it be that the Lord didn't tell Joshua because he was always hoping that Achan would repent? Could it be that you're here today and because of your unconfessed sin that you're getting away with it. Nobody has found out so far, so far so good. But could it be the only reason why the Lord has allowed you to be here this morning is because He's given you yet another opportunity to repent of that sin. May I also add with this, the Lord talking, He says, my, Now my spirit will not always strive with you. My dear friend, you need to understand if you're lost this morning and your sin uh, has not been confessed, you have not repented of your sin, you have not called upon the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm not here to scare you. I'm not here to manipulate you. I'm here to just show you what the Word of God says. And the Word of God says there will come a time when you will cross over the line and you will never have another opportunity to repent of your sin. It's called a reprobate mind. Now, we do not know where that line is. God knows. And would it not be tragic this morning that you've come to another service at Hillcrest Baptist Church and you went and you saw another invitation given, but you decided that it wasn't time, it wasn't time, it wasn't time. I'll get it done next time I do. And you put it off and you put it off and you put it off. Could it be that you may be here this morning and you have already made up your mind, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to come down to that altar. I'm going to go ahead. I'm hanging on to, to what I have because I haven't really gotten too much uh, consequences. I haven't been incarcerated. I haven't lost my home. I haven't had my marriage to break up because of my sin. I haven't done, and you can go on and on. And so, so far so good, but could it be, and I'm telling you by the authority of the Word of God, it could be that today you leave without repenting of your sin. You've crossed over and you'll never have the opportunity. The Holy Spirit will quit doing business with you. How tragic that would be. That somebody here today heard a gospel message, heard how to be saved. Understand that there was a uh, uh, Jesus that hung on the cross for their house. And he died for me. He shed his blood for me. 
He gave me access to eternal life and I refused and I rejected. And now when I walk out of here, he says, okay, you're on your own now. What about you, saved person? You're hindering the the move of the Holy Spirit working in us corporately speaking because you've not confessed your sin. I'm not saying that you're going to lose your salvation, but you lost your fellowship. And could it be that the Lord's been putting His finger on you and He's been putting His finger on you and then you go and you walk out and you'll say, well, that preacher must have known something I did this week because that I know he was talking to me. I know that sermon was meant for me. And you're right. It's meant for every one of us. But there's that time that you feel like I'm one-on-one with you. Oh, Someone far greater has gone one-on-one with you. It's the Lord trying to get your attention and the Lord's trying to tell you that you're hindering the move of the Holy Spirit in this place. And it could be that He's going to go ahead and says, Okay, I've given you a chance. I've given you a chance. I gave you a chance. And so if you're not going to go ahead and repent of that sin, I'm going to go because I want to move in there, miss. I want to show my glory into that place. And so if you're not going to move, then I'll move you. I don't want to be moved like that. I want to be moved by God, but I don't want to be moved like that. Some of you, because of your unconfessed sin, He's already put you on the shelf. Some of you, because of your unconfessed sin, He no longer is going to work with you because you're not willing to repent of your sin. I'm telling you, sin is serious business with God. And, and so uh, we, we see here, he, uh, now we see that later on, uh, Joshua goes to Achan. And in verses 20 through 21, and he says, now, uh, Achan, you got anything you need to talk about? And Achan says, well, yeah. And so Achan confessed his sin. He came clean with Joshua. But here's the problem with that. He came clean with Joshua, but he should have come clean with God even before Joshua had to approach him. It's amazing to me. The only reason, it seems like, the only reason that Achan did not confess his sin is because he hadn't been caught. Some of us have done the same thing, have we not? We've just seen it on our local station. No name to mention, you know who we're talking about. They're in a leadership position. Got caught in sin. She went ahead and said, yep, that's right. But what would have happened if the news was not fixing to leak that out? What about you? When do you confess your sins? If we're honest, it's usually when we get caught. Or we know we're fixing to get caught. That's what happened to Achan. See, confession, yes, confession's always good. But for Achan here, the only reason he confessed is because he had been found out. But we see here that sin... Is serious business. 
So they take Joshua and his family, others with him, and they went to the valley of Achor. The valley there of Achor, the, the word there means troubled. The valley of troubles. So Achan goes, and he's in the valley now, and those that went with him. And it's a troubling place because the Bible tells us that they took stones and they stoned him to death. Now, what's that a picture of? First of all, it shows you how serious a mighty God, a holy God, takes sin. It's nothing to play around with. And also, his sin led to his death. Now, Achan didn't have to die. If he had confessed before it came to where Joshua was having to find him out, if he went ahead, as soon as he realized that he had sinned and he realized that he went against uh, and he was disobedient to God, God would restore him and God would have took care of that. But because he did not go about that way, he lost his life. Sin. Sin will eventually lead to death and destruction. I don't care how well they play it up on the television, on the commercials. You can go and have Miller time and everything's good. But I'm telling you, if you continue in that lifestyle, trouble will come your way. For two and a half years, I did drug and alcohol counseling there in Alabama. Every day, day after day, day after day, I was seeing people that they told me I didn't intend for it to happen like this. Sin will eventually take you a lot further than you thought you was going to go. Sin will lead to death. So, well, I'm saved and you've said I confess. But my dear friend, understand forgiveness does not always remove the consequences. David was forgiven, but he had to suffer the consequences. Some of you know that you've been forgiven and, uh, and, and you're securing your salvation, but because of that sin, it has still lingering effects. I know this is delicate subjects, but oh, when it comes to divorce, can divorce be forgiven of? Of course it can. Many of you are here today and you can testify that I know I've been forgiven. But the consequences are still lingering. Young people, it would be very wise for you to understand the best way for you to have victories in your life is not even go down the road that many of us have gone down because there will be consequences that will come and will linger until the day you die. So this morning, could it be that we have some that have an aching, aching heart? You have unconfessed sin. And you're not going to receive victory until you get that taken care of. In the Valley of Achor, we see it's also re referenced there in Hosea. Hosea chapter 2, verse number 15. He talks about this valley, the valley of troubles. But in that passage of Hosea, it says, But yet there is a door of hope. 
I looked at that and I thought, okay, you know, I started looking and did a little more studying. So, okay, this is a valley uh, that has been known for troubles. This is a valley where Achan was stoned to death. But yet, in that passage, it says, but there's a door of hope. Listen to me this morning. You're here this morning. You've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You're in the valley of trouble. But there's a door of hope. You're here today. You know you're saved, but yet you have an unconfessed sin and it's severed your uh, fellowship. And uh, you understand that uh, because of your sin, it could be you that's hindering the move of God like we haven't seen it before. There's a door of hope. Wouldn't it be tragic if we'd go, all we could say to you today is, hey, I just want you to know you got sin, you don't confess it. Uh, if you're lost, you're going to hell. And, uh, you know, just, that's just the way it is. And we walk out. But my dear friend, I have someone I'm going to offer you. He's our door of hope. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the door. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And all you have to do is come and, and with a contrite heart and you come confess your sins and you repent of your sins and you cry upon His wonderful name and you ask Him to come into your heart. My dear friend, He will save you and He can restore you, whatever the case may be. When we give this invitation, we're given a door of hope. There's a door of hope. I don't know about you, but we live in a world that we need some hope. Uh, we, we live in a, a town that needs some hope. I just saw this morning uh, with the, open, uh, the, the, the drug issues and all that, and everybody's got answers for it. And, 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 and we know that it's an epidemic. People are dying by the day. Every day they're dying because of addiction issues. And everybody has their issue. Well, here's the issue that, uh, here's my solution to the problem. That we have a door of hope and His name is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ who died for you. Jesus Christ who shed His blood for you. Jesus Christ who will restore you. Jesus Christ that will give you a new heart. Jesus Christ that will give you abundant life. Jesus Christ is our door of hope. And we're going to give you an invitation this morning where you can come through this door and you can call out to Him and He'll hear your cries and you can be saved. Or if you're saved, you can be restored this morning and we no longer have to have a word of defeat, but we can have victory this morning. Victory in Jesus Christ.